off, we're gonna tear the roof off the mother sucker. Tear the roof off the sucker. Sometimes I think what I need is a you and a Cause I'm a freak, baby. Everything's coming up. Everything's coming up. Welcome to the Two Daydream Believers podcast. I'm your host, Base Orphan 18. Tonight we will be discussing the power of Madonna. And my guest with me tonight is Canadian Tigger Girl. Hello. All right, so Madonna. Madonna. Um, you know, right off the bat, the one thing I want to say about this episode, I think it's really the, for me personally, it's the first time that I'm really like into the show, like mm-hmm. the whole way. And it's so funny, and it's so well done of an episode, and I I just really enjoy the whole thing. I did. I really enjoyed it, too. I, I am a full-on child of the 80s, so I, I love me some Madonna, so I was excited when they did this. Um, I think we got a lot of firsts in this episode, too. Kind of, a, you know, first... I think it's the first time we see Sue sing, is it not? I, I yeah. I feel I think, like that was yeah, the first time, yeah. But that's the first time we saw her sing. There's a few. There's some great Kurt and Mercedes friendship stuff, and yeah, it's a, it's a pretty. It's not a huge Kurt episode, but the parts that he's in are are pretty important. I think you know to glimpse into his character a little bit. So right. yeah, no, yeah. I think it's a it's an important one for the show in general mm-hmm. too. I, I just think there's a lot of things that kind of go off it, and um, I hope like. The listeners don't mind me. We veer off and talk about non-crit things right here at the beginning because mm-hmm. I do think important things to talk about. I think and, there are. Um, um, just, I think this is the one of the few times, I think it's worth mentioning, it's one of the few times that I think Glee does um, uh, a commentary about women very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Just, go ahead. No, <laughs> I agree with you totally. I was going to say, I think... Other than Mr. Shu listening in to their talk, because that was creepy and weird, um, it was, you know, I thought that was an important conversation that the girls had at the beginning. That And, and what he says to them afterwards is, is you know, quite, quite meaningful, I think. Because uh, as we see later on, uh, three years from now, um, there he is calling the boys sexist and misogynistic, and three years from now he's going to be suspending a girl for not wearing a bikini to school. So, right. uh, way to go, writers! <laughs> way to keep, way to keep this character right in uh, right in time. But, but yeah, at the at that point, I think Will had, you know, some good things to say, and the boys had some stuff to learn for sure. So, I think that's yeah. important important part especially, of this <laughs> You know, it's funny now that I think of it. I mean, especially Artie, who treats Tina like crap oh. in this episode. Yet he never really learns, does he? No, he never does. No, it's true. I mean, I think. You know, Finn. Finn learns. Puck. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about Puck. I don't know. I, know, I mean, he, obviously, in the end, he 
he does have quite deep feelings for, for Quinn, but uh, at this point, Puck is just Puck. Um, I always I always feel like poor Mike Chang gets kind of lumped in. Oh, I know. With the them. Um, and, and, you know, Matt Rutherford, like, who? <laughs> <laughs> Does he have a personality? We don't know. Um, I just have to give a massive shout-out to my love for Jesse St. James because I... Oh, yeah. Josh Groff, even when he's being a skeezy jerk, um, is just awesome. <laughs> I, I did not appreciate Jesse St. James the first time I watched this. I really didn't, and... I think maybe just because I, I got to know who Jonathan Gruff was, yes. and I started to really, like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I, and I love Jesse now. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting how that happens, right? Because after watching The Flash, I now can appreciate Sebastian. But when Sebastian right. was first on, I, I did. I wanted to punch his meerkat face. I totally, that was the perfect thing for it. So, yeah, it's funny how that, when you get to know the actors a little bit better, that can also sort of change your perception on the, on the characters. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, even, uh, I don't know. There was one line, though, that Jesse says to Rachel about how having sex is not a big deal. And Rachel says, well, for a girl it is. And I had to sit there and think about it because I know I've I've heard lots of people commentate on on, or comment on, uh, you know, Glee's sort of approach to sex and how Mm -hmm. they, you know, how these the girls are supposed to be you know, on a different level from the boys kind of thing. And I don't know whether that, I that when I heard that line, I just, I don't know what I'm trying to say really, but <laughs> when I no. heard that line, it was an interesting, you know, there's Rachel going, well, for girls it's important, but clearly later on it's important to Finn, you know, so. And, and it's not necessarily to Santana. I mean, yeah. I think um, it's an interesting, you segued right into the, the, the what I wanted to actually mention. Um, this episode and sex in particular and how it's interesting like Santana apparently has had a lot of sex up mm-hmm. at this point even she's so young still but it isn't it, it's just something that she does yeah um, it's her power and for Finn though I mean he's kind of just in this I think it was really, really interesting to show a guy be like, okay, wasn't it supposed to be more than that? Yeah. Shouldn't have felt more. I'm not, like, you know, over the moon because I had an orgasm. I just, like, I feel empty inside. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if I 100% agree with that commentary that you heard. Yeah, but. yeah I, I can't remember, you know, where they were just, they were saying that Glee's approach to sex is a little bit that sort of, like, women are pure virgins and, you know, giving your virginity away is a gift and it's special and but just for the ladies kind of thing. But yeah, no, I think you're right. Cause I think obviously very clearly in this, in this case, you know, for Finn, it, it, he blew it, you know, you can tell he's, he's like, Oh, I, that wasn't the smartest choice I ever made. And obviously later on, um, when it comes to Kurt and Blaine, which, you know, yeah. we'll talk about a lot more later on, but I think um, they were waiting for it to be important as well. Right. So I, I think, I think it's not just the girls, that uh you know are thinking that way necessarily no i i agree and and yeah i mean glee does does have mixed messages when it comes to sex at times but i think generally i think i i mostly like what their their commentary on sex usually is mm-hmm. so i agree <laughs> yep um 
two more things before we get to the, the Kurt stuff. One is that um, music, the way music is used in this episode, is is and it, it started a little bit um, in Hello, but it's really the way the back nine goes and the way the rest of the series is, is used differently than it was in the front 13. And I, I actually really like this change in that before you kind of had people, they would stop and they would sing a solo or little snippets that, you know, highlighted comedic parts of the episode. Mm-hmm. But here, like through Vogue and through Like a Virgin in particular, it it uses music in such a different way. I mean, Vogue, you have this all right copy, comedic copy of a, um, of a, a music video. Mm-hmm. And then in Like a Virgin, it's actually progressing the storyline through the music. And it's not something that Glee had ever done before, and I just think the change was really fascinating. That's very true, and it's also probably, I mean, Like a Virgin especially goes through four different characters, or three different, you know, three different scenes sort of thing, Mm -hmm. through the song and jumping back and forth between that, as opposed to, yeah, here I am standing on stage singing, you know, a solo. So, yeah, no, you're right, that is is a change, and and a good one, I think. And it was Mm -hmm. used quite well, because I remember there was one where, earlier on where Quinn's just walking down the stairs and then all of a sudden she starts singing um, Set Me Free, Why Don't You Baby? Uh, mm-hmm. What's that song? I can't remember the name. Um, I don't even know. It's on Glee Forever, it, too. But it was so <laughs> jarring and strange that she would just be walking down the stairs and then, like, burst into song. But I guess we got used to it as time went on. But <laughs> I think they got better at incorporating the song into the narrative as opposed to just right. sort of like, okay, here, I'm going to sing my solo in front of in front of everyone and take take it what you will kind of thing. Right. So, yeah, so I guess the first the first song there's there's a lot of songs in this, but the the Express Yourself is really the only one that doesn't implicate Kurt necessarily, but if you're watching him in the background, he is he wants to be on stage so badly. Oh, he <laughs> does. Are you so proud of them too? Yeah. And I have to, that is not my favorite Madonna song. It's not my favorite song of the episode, but uh the girls looked amazing. And, they did. Uh, oh, he looks like he was bouncing up and down. And one other note on that, I think Quinn's voice suits Madonna so well. And I wish oh, I wish Diana had had a solo in this episode. I could have I, I, I could have taken a Diana solo and done away with the uh, Finchel duet any, oh. any day. No, I will get back to the Finchel duet because I do like it on the base of, of um I loved, loved all the Madonnas in the hallway. I thought that was yeah. clever. And Very clever. Very um, But yeah, no, if there's one person whose voice I always think is a little underrated, it's Quinn. Yeah. She has a, a deeper alto-y voice that really can do some interesting things, and they never really quite knew what to do no, with it. True. They didn't know what to do with her. Yeah, mm-hmm. so... Um, and then the other thing I wanted to mention is just how funny this episode is. Brittany has some great one-liners in this episode. I mean, one, she's dating a seven-year-old. That and, just, what? See, and that is how I love my Brittany. I love my Brittany with, like, one little line here or there. One little, yep. like, one little funny line that makes me laugh my butt off. I, I don't need a whole episode of that. <laughs> that was always my, I, I like Brittany. I like her character, but that was always sort of my, like, oh, oh, too much, too much. Half an hour of Brittany is too much kind of thing. So I appreciate, I actually liked her, even though I like her storyline, I liked, I liked her better in the earlier seasons when she was just sort of there to be like her quirky yeah. wacko self. <laughs> I missed that I Brittany towards there. the end. 
She went to a misogynist when her she pulled her hamstring. She pulled her hamstring. <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah, no. She did have some good lines. It's true, and I mean, she can dance the crap out of anything. So she always, oh, she, you know, this this suited her really well. This episode. Um, one quick thing I want to mention as we jump into the Kurt side of it, because that first scene is when Will is introducing the Madonna lesson. How is Pantera the male version? Of I Madonna? don't know. Seriously, I was like, at least choose a like cheesy '80s pop band. Like, what are you? I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how Pantera would ever be in the same. Uh, I guess that was the joke, but uh, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I just some of the swing and a miss. Swing and a miss, then. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, I'm jumping in, and um, Kurt is so excited to do Madonna, because here's this, you know, he, we've already shown that that he really likes Beyonce, and really kind of grasps onto these, like, diva-ish women as role models. Well, and it's interesting, too, because earlier on, there was one, I mean, he loves his show tunes, too, but there was an episode at one point, I can't remember which one it was, where he does say, you know, Mr. Shu, we sure do a lot of show tunes. So, you know, it was interesting that even he was getting to the point where it's like, no, let's branch out. Let's, you know, so, although again, pointing out the age of the, um, I know, I know they're all music, you know, nerds and everything, but seriously pointing out the age of the writers. Oh yeah. A a bunch of high school kids in 2010. Are they really excited about eighties Madonna? I don't know. Maybe they are, but (laughs) yeah, I wouldn't know either. Cause I get it being, I was a kid during the eighties. Exactly. So, you know, I, my age is showing there. <laughs> that what the kids are listening to nowadays. I just don't know. But, um, yeah. But for um, Kurt, also, he really likes theatrical women as well. And um, so I can see, I mean, everybody else's side, I can see Kurt really going for Madonna. Well, and also, I mean, Kurt is all about, I mean, he's still trying to find himself. And he doesn't for, for seasons. You know, he's trying on different personas for a very long time. And this is a woman who reinvents herself. I think they say that. that This is a woman that reinvents herself all the time. And it's okay that she does it. And sometimes it's a myth. And sometimes it's awesome. <laughs> and sometimes, but, you know, so I can see him identifying with that a little bit, right? Like, well, she tries on all these different personas, and she's awesome. And I can see him liking, you know, on, liking that on, a, on some level. I've never really thought of it that way, but now that I think of it, that fits in fantastically. And also, kind of going in with, I mean, he has so many different kind of wardrobe choices, more so in season one than in any other time. Mm -hmm. And I kind of see, you know, that totally fits in with the rest of his storyline. So, I I enjoy his little hoodie in the scene. Yeah, he looks pretty cute in this episode. There's no, like, super straight. (laughs) He's got a cute little hat at one point. There's no weird asymmetrical sweaters going on as far as I remember. <laughs> but uh no he looks pretty good so, um uh, also I this is just such a minor irrelevant point I really like how he calls her Miss Ciccone <laughs> yes and I'd have to say I mean when he when he volunteers to do the video and we'll, we'll talk all about the video for sure but I have to say he rocked directing that video that was kind of thought, awesome Kurt like screw Artie why didn't Kurt go to <laughs> Wasn't Artie involved? He go to film I, school. <laughs> was Artie involved? Maybe. Because he said if you want to use the AV Club, and Artie's, but, but I mean, I'm sure Kurt had most of the direct to Yeah, that's true. That's possible. I, I, I block a lot of Artie out. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> 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 I'm pretty sure he's Kurt. 
personal life. Artie was having his own issues with Tina in this episode anyway. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, Artie. Uh, <laughs> Artie is the one ep- is the one character that I, I feel like never grew anywhere at all. Uh, I'm sure Artie lo- I'm sorry, Artie lovers. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's one. Are there a lot of... I mean, I love Kevin McHale. He I love just Kevin McHale, too. But- Artie, I don't know if he has a huge fan base. I don't no, know. I don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe everybody was cheering for Artie when, when he told <laughs> Tina to change her entire persona. <laughs> uh, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it comes, I think, my favorite my favorite scene, other than the Vogue video in this, is, is definitely Kurt and Mercedes and Sue in Sue's office. Um, I I believe it's the first time that we hear about her handicapable sister. Uh, yep. I think it's the first time where I think Kurt Kurt gets her a little bit. They have such a weird antagonistic but respectful. Is that the right word? I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's, she didn't really respect him when she locked him in an elevator with his ex-boyfriend, but... Um, you know, I think, that uh, further along. what are you talking further about? Along, further along, fiance, not even ex-boyfriend. Um, but, uh, yeah, I feel like, I feel like he kind of, kind of gets her. I mean, Mercedes was looking at her like she was batshit crazy when she was talking. Well, for one thing, she's 29, which always, every time they make that joke, it makes me laugh. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, while she's going there back. confused, Kurt's kind of like, hmm intrigued by her a little bit i think he's uh, a project absolutely well and i don't mean to jump backwards just a little bit because i, I mean you said a lot of great things that <laughs> i want to hit upon them all um before they get into the um before they get into her office they're they're sitting and having a or standing and having a conversation right outside of their lockers and I, I, there's the first time that Kurt Sadie's kind of small on a small little level don't really connect when he's like making that really bad magical joke. Yeah. And she's like, no. <laughs> Which is good because anyway. she's a growth in her character a little bit because, you know, before when she was saying she was in love with him, she never would have corrected him. So they no. kind of moved beyond that a little bit, right? Which is cool. Right. God, I love uh, friendship. I really I do. do. Oh, they're so adorable in this episode. Mm-hmm. Well, and then Will comes along, and, like, Sue usually, like, gives her, um, gives, you know, a smackdown to Will. And then he insults her hair, and it's so funny to me that all he really does is color Florence Henderson. I, mean, I don't know if that's a huge insult, or... <laughs> I know. I but mean, she does kind of have Florence Henderson hair. It's not... <laughs> she does. And, like... Everybody loves Mrs. Brady. I mean, I mean, exactly. But I mean, his insults compared to Sue's are are total and absolute fail. I can't believe she would even get upset about that because his her Keebler elf thing is oh, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, so good. Well, and in the background, you see Kurt. He's just so like he's worried for her. Yeah, <laughs> you insulted her hair. So, that's why I wonder if the scene when they get into um, Sue's office. If he genuinely have some kind of sympathy for her, mm-hmm. I think I think he's already making her over in his head. Actually, oh, yeah. I actually think he's like, oh, we could do long, we could do this, we could. Do that. <laughs> I can see him. He's already got his like little swatches of, of whatever like, ready to go. 
Um, but yeah, you're the one thing you. Oh gosh, I'm so glad you brought this up. Um, Mercedes during the the Sue scene, it's just like, what the hell are you on, lady? Yeah. And Kurt's like, <laughs> just going, you know, like, oh dear me. Yeah, exactly. He's just, oh, okay, yeah. I you know, well, and and such a difference to Kurt, the Kurt that we know for so many years. Later, who would have called her out on her 29-year-old crap. You know what's funny about that? I really wanted to make a comment about that because it is the one joke that they kind of kept accurate throughout the whole year. Because true. It, it, when she, in season six, I always remember this, they, that when she's, like, trying to get on Walter for being old, and he's like, how old are you? And she says, 34. And I'm like, yeah. I remember. You remember it exactly. I'm like, oh, you guys were consistent. <laughs> I still want to know how she had her baby. At, at, well, I guess she was only 30 when she had her baby. But, or 32. But, uh, no, that was always that was always a good joke. And she always just sold it. Like I know. Even blink. Uh, you know, I have to say, um, as much as Sue gets to be grating and just awful and, like, go away, that she really worked in this episode. I thought she was very funny, and they, mm-hmm. they made really good use of her. Yeah, they episode. did. I think... I think in later years, I think they realized that I don't think they knew what to do with it anymore because that shtick had kind of gotten old, um, and she'd been called on it enough times that people really shouldn't have taken her seriously anymore. So I think they were sort of at a loss as to, you know, okay, well, I guess we'll just keep making her mean, even though she's learned her lesson, like, five times. We'll just... Oh, I know. the same thing with Santana, right? She learned her lesson, and then Two episodes later, she was an evil whatever again, and then she learned her lesson or got her comeuppance, and then, you know, so I, they never really learned, but I guess it kind of worked with Sue. <laughs> it's the uh, Zach Morris effect. It is the Zach Morris effect. I'm totally dating too. myself with that, but no. That's <laughs> true. That's what I call it, the Zach Morris effect. You learn one thing one episode, you forget it by the yeah, Exactly. So true. <laughs> Okay, um, let's see. We're going, okay, the Vogue, yeah, the Vogue video. The Vogue it, video. Which is so, it's so amazing. I, I'm just, the fact that it's so close to the original and yet does it in, in such a great way and, and makes it funny. And I, I don't know how many, I mean, other than physical, did they do another straight up music video I'm after that? To, I'm trying to think if they, I'm sure they probably did. I mean, oh, wrecking ball, I wrecking think. ball, um, come what may, is technically oh. it's not a music video, but it is a almost shot for shot straight out of, you know. That's true. But um, they did that very well too. They did. It's true. Um, every I have to say, everybody looked amazing. I don't know whether it was the black and white or what, but everybody looked amazing. I thought I thought Jane Lynch looked amazing. I was going to say even Jane Lynch looked amazing. She, and- she looked. She rocks. She needs longer hair. She rocks that long. <laughs> well, and she did. Um, she she played a parody of Madonna so well. I, oh my gosh, and her but, her voice worked too. Yeah, her voice didn't, doesn't always work for. Although she has an excellent voice, don't get me wrong. But her voice doesn't mm-hmm. always work for me in in the songs that they gave her. But um, I it worked in this, and 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 she managed to work in Will Shaster. I hate you. So come on, girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> Which is, 
I oh my god, one of the funniest little moments because it's such a surprise. It's such too. a surprise. Well, especially if you're like me and you're singing along because you know all the words to Vogue because yeah. Um, yes. And then that comes up and it was just such a shock. It was hilarious. Um, but yeah, no, they they all looked stunning. Kurt looked amazing. I saw glimpses of season two, Kurt. In, yeah. in that, I don't know whether it was the sweep of his hair or, or something different, but you could almost see, oh, that's where they're There's going. There's a little bit more of a mature look. Mm-hmm. That it, yeah, I mean, it was the sweep of the hair, but also the tux and the, the classy black and white-ish thing mm-hmm. and makes him look a little older. And Chris can apparently rock that black and white stuff pretty well. Uh, I don't know if you saw the riot on Tumblr today, but yes. <laughs> I know what I was looking at before I, I came over here. I'm like, I should stop being distracted and actually focus on my rewatch. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I I can't think of a single person that can't rock the black and white. It, it oh, I know Mercedes does too. All She's sorts of flaws. Well, and she has gorgeous skin to begin with. So add that filter on, and yeah. Um, and I I, I I kind of love the the I don't always hmm, how do I put this. I liked the background dancers that they got for this one. Mm. Um, or just, like, just the way they parodied, it's not necessarily a parody, but they did the, the same kind of video with the same kind of dancers, yeah. and it's kind of all long lines, and... And, um, and they're all supposed to be Cheerios, I take it. I don't, I don't know there were <laughs> that many beautiful men in the Cheerios, but, or, like, androgynous-looking men. <laughs> but um, we never see them again. <laughs> but it hurt to it. He, he brought them out of his imagination maybe maybe he went to Dalton earlier than we thought and went and got <laughs> some pretty boys but um no it all it all works really 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 well really well and and on top of that, I really like this song for Kurt because I mean a lot of Madonna songs are very you know very sex focused and this one necessarily it is it I mean there's that sensuality there and mm-hmm. but it's about like being in style and kind of just being really confident and and knowing that you're classy and great and yeah and both. rock your fashion right which is what he's all about yep. right fashion has no gender so <laughs> yeah no this one works for him really really well because uh, you know what yeah interesting that I just thought of, like, right this second. This, it, it, there is a little bit of Kurt and gender in this episode, especially later on when we talk about him singing about what it's like to be a girl, mm-hmm. and yet he's very masculine looking in this particular um, video. He is. That's true. And actually, well, we'll jump, to, I'll, I'll mention it when we're, we're talking about what it feels like for a girl, but, um, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think I had anything else to say about the Vogue other than it was awesome, and, uh, yeah, and it was it. They really did the the shot for shot really well. Like if you go and watch them side by side, they other than the Will Shuster, I hate you. Uh, they they did, it they did well. and and there is a full um, copy because I remember they released it online before the, it, it aired mm-hmm. that you can see the full video, which is a full replica yeah. of the. It's and um, that was my one complaint uh, about this episode is the cuts that they cut out of. The, they had to obviously for length. But um, if you listen to the full songs, they're they're so much better than oh, I know. than what they cut what they had to cut out. It's a shame. Yeah, sometimes and not particularly here. And getting into gosh, I'm thinking about things that happen way later in the series. But there are times when I'm like, man, I wish they started with the second verse because that had more relevance mm-hmm. than the first verse. Stuff like that. That comes especially for me in like a prayer because. I believe in the recorded video and the the, um, the second verse has a lot of Jesse in it. 
and mm-hmm. he sounds so good. I mean, Jonathan Groff's voice is obviously clearly trained, right? <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. His voice is astounding. So I, I missed that. When I was watching that, I was, because I, I listened to it all the time, and then when I was re-watching the episode, I was like, all ready for my Jesse St. James, and then I was like, oh, it's not there. <laughs> I know. I feel, <laughs> I, I feel sad saying this, but when in in Hello, when he does that duet with Rachel, and I'm just like, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, I know. Someone who can, like, really keep up with her vocally. I'm sorry, Finn. I'm sorry, Corey. Uh, <laughs> How I feel but they just have a very different, very different voices, obviously, too. But, um, yeah, I'm, I, more Jesse, please. Um, he doesn't have to speak, but please sing more. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, we got um, this little snippet of a scene where Sue comes back and she decides she's not reinventing herself, and she calls what is it, Don Knotts and um, what Whoopi Goldberg? Whoopi she calls. I think so. Yeah, and Don Knotts, yeah. as if like, <laughs> please, like. Like a, I wonder how many young people actually get yeah, that reference. Exactly. Hey, fifteen-year-olds, do you know who Don Knotts is? <laughs> but he does look so like Don Knotts. In a little bit. A little bit. It was yeah. His outfit was a little bit Don Knotts. It was. It was a little bit Three's Company. But um, yeah. It's uh, it, it's I I love her nicknames. I always love her oh. nicknames. They're always funny. Um, even when they're really mean, they're still to me. They're still funny. <laughs> But if someone else did it, I would be like, oh, asshole. So there's something about Sue that just, she just gets away, you know, she gets away with it. You just stop taking her seriously. Yeah, exactly. Because really. But uh, I think that brings us to the first lady's outrage over Jesse joining the... um, And another Brittany little one-liner here, Mr. She, was that your your son? And you know what, Jesse? Jesse's face there looks like, yeah, I, I could do it. I could, I could. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's been reading some time travel fan fiction. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting. I mean, Kurt and Mercedes. I, I think rightfully so. They're upset. Yeah. Um, Mercedes' voice had been to that point and continued to be criminally underused. Oh yeah. Um, and Kurt, I think Mr. Shu just didn't know what to do with him. Which I kind of, I mean, Chris has such a unique singing voice that I, I kind of, like, I, I wouldn't know what to do with his voice all the time. I sort of get it. Oh, my God, listen to me defending Shu. But, um, <laughs> well, you're an educator. Like, throw it out there. Let them do some stuff. Right. See what happens. Four minutes is amazing. Yeah. So, you know, he just, he sticks in his wheelhouse and doesn't give these excellent singers a chance. So I can understand their outrage. I do think it's funny that, you know, a year and a half later, um, along comes Mr. Anderson to join the uh, Glee Club. And uh, funny enough, Mr. Pommel says nothing. <laughs> but, um, so, uh, you know, there's there's some foreshadowing, some parallels there, I guess. But um, so I can understand, you know, you think, oh, my God, I already get no chance. And now we know is this epic superstar is coming in here. And... Uh, you know, we're screwed essentially. So I never really understand why Shu gets, he's not angry, I guess, but he gets upset when they join the Cheerios. And it's not like they quit Glee to do the Cheerios. Kurt says flat out, I'm going to do both. We're doing both. 
I think it's a couple things. Will really doesn't like to be undermined. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever somebody, like, I don't know, he just gets really defensive anytime anybody tries to call him out on not being mm-hmm. such a great person. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the other thing is that they're, it's almost like they are um, joining Sue's side, and, and he, mm-hmm. he just, I don't know. But the one thing, and jumping ahead, um, after they sing Four Minutes, because I'm sure we'll, we'll talk a lot yeah. about Four Minutes in a second, um, is that... Um, they're like, we want to, we want a chance to shine. And Sue is giving us that and you aren't. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't, I, I agree when that he just doesn't seem to know what to do with anybody's voices except for Rachel. It's like yeah. Rachel has now threatened him enough times that he, he, was he fearful of her if he, she doesn't get the solo? Yeah. I mean, is it just because you're bonded with Finn, you have to keep giving him the solo? Exactly. I don't they have understand. So many, they have so many good... A Tina's voice is beautiful. I mean, we could rant about that forever. But what's interesting here, too, is that he really can't get angry because Sue, Sue did not do anything in this. As far as we know, Sue didn't go to them and say, come join my Cheerios. You know, she didn't, she didn't yeah, she, well, steal she, them she, she, from from him she didn't undermine him in any way she just provided them with the you know so in this case actually there's no snooze new sneakiness sue sneakiness going on which is rare and strange but um (laughs) you know really she she was not complicit in this at all as far as we know that well you know she does in in that don not Scene. Um, she does say, hey, "Guys, I have an opportunity for you." That's true. But that's true. I don't think she's being. I mean, and yeah, a little bit to stick to um, uh, to to Will, but more so, they made her over and made her feel happy again. Yeah, I think it's so a I little bit of a payback. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, more and so she than, spots. I mean, she she could always spot where thing. You know, she she spots right. the chinks in the armor, right? And there she is going. Oh, here's two kids that. Are ta- I mean, obviously, she's not going to put them on the Cheerios if they're terrible, regard right. to, to screw Will over or not. She's just not going to do it. Right. So, you know, obviously, she saw an opportunity to take two, two very talented people and, and boost up her Cheerios. So why not, I say? Exactly. <laughs> and, yeah, so let's talk about four minutes because, yeah. <laughs> this is my favorite duet that those these two ever did. I think they only have two, which is probably, yeah. which is ridiculous. <laughs> um, which again, criminally underused. Um, but uh, yeah, no, this is this is my Chris sounds amazing. Um, he's growly, and he they both look great. Um, I'm, can I? I'm gonna make a comment, and hopefully, I don't get lots of hate mail for mm-hmm. this. While I appreciate and adore, and one of my favorite songs actually features his high register. I kind of like it when he goes low. I do, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I like him growly. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah. So no, I I like that we and we got to see a different side of Kurt. I mean, yes, he was shimmying. I know. But um, so and far this- as far as I can think everything we've seen Kurt do so far other than shimmy is is (laughs) quite high and some kind of show show tuney thing right so well well, other than other than uh Beyonce but um (laughs) which she doesn't think (laughs) or perform for anybody else (laughs) so it's kind of nice to see you know see a different side of I mean that's the performer coming out for sure 
Absolutely. And, like, the only time, I'm trying to think, there are, like, there's Push It, which was overtly sexual in a comedic way Push on it. purpose. He was ridiculous in Push It. I, I watched that with secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> I love it. I love it, love it, love it. But, yeah, I, I can barely watch Chris in that because he is so young and I feel so perverted watching. I know. <laughs> yeah. He's got this one moment where it, 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 I swear, it's like I was doing um, screen caps for my um, meta stuff, and there's one, it zooms in on his crotch, and I'm like, oh my uh, god, need, stop. Uh, no, I don't need it. It's making me uncomfortable. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> like, let's move on. But no, this here, you know, and that's a little crazy and comedic and out of control, where this is really... I mean, he's still shimmying it in, mm-hmm. in some parts, but, like, it, there's a lot more sensual, you know, it, it's... Um, I don't know. It's just much more confident. Yeah, I think that's what I else. love about it the most is that they both know that they sound great. Yeah. And they're giving, they, they're being given their shot in front of the whole school, just them. They know they're mm-hmm. awesome. And nobody's going to come and steal their song from them or pitch a fit because they didn't get a solo. You know, they just get to go out there and rock and enjoy themselves. And I think that's right. nice and, to see. You can tell they're having so much fun doing it and, and just, like, enjoying themselves and enjoying the attention and enjoying the atmosphere of it. And, like you said, knowing that they rock at it. Yeah. And such a cool thing. And also, on top of that, this is, like, this huge moment for Kurt. Because after this, it kind of starts sliding down for him and he kind of goes, I mean, it's home is after this and it gets in, you know, all of his, you know, back nine story, which kind of plummets all the way down to season two and the bully yeah. and everything like that. so this is really a high it is uh, a high it's true yeah and uh yeah i always i don't know and and you know and of course and and so were thousands of cheerio kurt fix born <laughs> from this oh, yeah. he he looks great in that uniform but um uh. Cracks me up that they made Blaine a Cheerio. I swear they did it on purpose. No, Blaine also looked very good as the Cheerio. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> guys' image from, from tonight, both Kurt and Blaine in Cheerio's uniforms. Yeah. Bam. I know. It's a shame they never wore them at the same time. Uh, I know. Maybe they do. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Kurt would fit into his anymore. Um, no, probably not. Yeah, no. So, season six, oh. Kurt is not going to fit into anything season one Kurt wore, as as we saw in the uh, the final in in the two thousand nine episode <laughs> where they tried to make him look same and it failed. Oh, they tried so they hard. Tried. They did. You can't undo something. No, nor should you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean the the song was fun and energetic and. They just really got to, and the crowd was into it, and they've got the popular kids backing them up for the first time. Right? Oh, yeah. They're also used and to that being, actually, you know. plays part, because um, I was doing a little bit of uh, watching forward, and that plays part uh, in the future episodes that, you know, when, because Kurt's going to be like, you know, we're finally seen, being seen as popular, because in an overall aspect that's, for season one, anyway, that's such a huge thing for these kids yes. to be seen as popular. And... Well, and for Kurt just to be seen, if you think about Mr. Yeah. Cellophane and where he comes from there, you know, there's Mr. Cellophane rocking out in front of the whole school. And, Absolutely. And Thinking getting, about saving the world. Exactly. And just getting to show what he can do, because I don't think he ever got to show what he could do, necessarily, unless he begged for it. So, right. So, um, yeah, no, and, you know, he's kind of, 
like you said, there's a little bit of a sensuality there. It's not sexual, um, but, but it's, it's not probably it, the most we've seen him move it other than push it. Um, but it's the most we've seen him, you know, move his body probably. Yep. So, well, yeah, and then, and it doesn't have that that awkwardness of animal. <laughs> Oh, well, so not awkward. To... Again, right. secondhand embarrassment, so awkward. Um, well, and I think he's safe, he's safe with Mercedes. You know, I mean, right. obviously they've moved past, they've huge... talked, they've moved past that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it kills me that they 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 let that relationship die, the right I know. because apparently Rachel Kurt was more interesting. Well, and it's even sad, again, since, uh, you know, jumping ahead to the future episodes, um, even in next episode, um, that I'll probably talk about it there too. Uh, that Mer- Kurt ends up being parts of Mercedes' plot lines, but she is completely absent from all of his. Uh, um, sorry, excuse me. Completely absent from all of his um, plot line having to do with the crush and with his dad. Like, mm-hmm. there's really not even as a support for the most part. No, I um, mean we really don't see them all that often together, if I remember correctly, until he starts blowing her off for Blaine. And right. little purses are coming out of their mouths inexplicably. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's interesting. There is a gap there. I think I, there's, they just, you know, they ran out of space, I think, to put, um, yeah. but, and I like Hummelberry. Don't send me hate mail, Hummelberry people. Oh, I know. Um, but just, that relationship, just, as far as I'm concerned, was toxic. And, um, Kurt and Mercedes had a much healthier relationship somehow. Um, I don't know. Was it the was it the religion thing that got in their way? Was it the writers that got in their way? Was it who knows? Right? Was it that they yeah, just grew apart? I think yeah. I think it's a little bit of of, of all of those things mm-hmm. because as I mean, they're still obviously good friends. Yes throughout the end of the series, but I think mostly they elevated Kurt to a and. An, a major character and Mercedes unfortunately remained a minor one. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and also they, they just liked the dynamic of Hummelberry better. Um, But um, yeah. And well, speaking of Rachel, we've, I forgot to mention the, um, the reaction looks throughout for a minute because you get Rachel. She's like no comment to uh, Jacob and Israel when he's like writing about this for the newspaper. And um, she's probably just, that she never thought of it but (laughs) (laughs) well and I also you know it's interesting um Quinn is excited for that like she has this genuinely happy look on her face which and (laughs) (laughs) yeah she does she looks like she's enjoying it well and I think because Quinn too Quinn understands what that's like she's second Mm. fiddle to Rachel all the time too right and on top of the whole Finn thing that she's going through so you know, I think she she's probably like, oh, yeah, stick it to them, you know. <laughs> they sound great. She's probably missing being a Cheerio at that point, I'm sure. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and then we touched on the Will, how Will at the end is sort of, you know, he's he's not angry, but, yeah, he sort of comes off as betrayed. And, and I just think, well, yeah. dude, like, what do you want? We just had a scene where that they were upset because you never give them solos. Yeah. What did you expect? What did you expect? What did you expect was going to happen? Uh, I mean, like a virgin doesn't have a lot of Kurt in it. Um, <laughs> oh, that was. <laughs> I don't. Think I, I have, that who yet. was I watching it with? Um, 
I think it was my brother. I was do I did two rewatches, like right one right after each other with my mom and with my brother. My brother's was first. And Rachel obviously doesn't have sex during this because they, at some point, they have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think it's my brother who's like, when are, when's she going to have sex? I said, when Kurt has sex. And, and he just was like, oh my God, do they lose their virginities together? <laughs> <laughs> On the same night. Yes, they do. No. <laughs> I want to know why everybody has a filmy lilac negligee. That's what I want to know. Where did they all, <laughs> they all get those in bulk? Like, where did those come from? Why does Rachel's have a cape? I don't understand. <laughs> I know. Maybe there's only one clothing store in Lima. Well, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there is such a there is such a contrast too to the fact. I mean, Rachel is in a place where you know she's at her home or she's comfortable. She's clearly not comfortable. You know, mm. her her physicality is not comfortable. It, but she's right. whereas, and and she chooses not to go through with it, even though she's sort of in a place of comfort. Um, mm-hmm. And Finn is in a seedy, gross motel oh, that gosh, doesn't yeah. even have <laughs> doesn't even have room service, and mm-hmm. uh, he goes through that, which is very interesting. So, yeah. yeah, I I never understood that why he slept with Santana. I I guess he just I mean, there's a whole bunch of reasons I'm sure, but ew. yeah, <laughs> a little bit. I I think he felt I want to say he felt pressured. I don't know if that. entirely right but just like okay well everybody's losing it I'm supposed to be seen as cool he I mean I'm sure he hurts hurts too right he's thinking that Rachel's at home doing it with Jesse um revenge sex is not a good thing people just yeah exactly uh Will and Emma I can't even remember when they actually have sex because oh I do I'm pretty sure I was fast forwarding through I know she gives him a pamphlet that's what I no 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 I yeah at, during tongue tied and, and after national she gives him her virginity as a reward for um oh, ew. yeah that's why he blocked it out <laughs> yeah so anyway, I hate I couldn't, I couldn't for reasons remember that's one of why like okay I remember that she said she said no but um yeah it's it's interesting how that all came about um yeah. but well sounded good. sounded good. But are having so many trouble, so much trouble during uh, whatever, and they just mm, mm-hmm. that relationship is just its own mess. Yeah, it is its own mess. But anyway, they work it out. But um, what it feels so, like um, for a girl. Yep, comes up after pretty soon after yeah. that. Um, Kurt is not my favorite song. No, uh, it's not really mine either. Um, I like the lyrics to it. I just I don't like I. Just, like actually don't like the tune it's got right. nothing against the song but uh yeah it's, it's not right. my favorite madonna song um I, kurt's line is secretly you'd love to know what it's like wouldn't you what it's like to be a girl mm-hmm. which is interesting when what what made me think when i was watching that i was thinking about later on when he's talking to unique mm-hmm. and and unique says to him something you know something along the lines of but you identify as male. You are male, right? And at this point, you know, Kurt is still hearing, you know, girly man, this, you know, just the, the porcelain, or not porcelain yet, but, you know, yeah. he's hearing all these things, like, a- about that. And, and, you know, by a few years later, no matter what, no matter what, you know, Kurt, Kurt was out and proud or when he was in the closet or when he, he was always male, right? Right. 
So yep. I thought it was interesting that he had that that line. Well, and I think oh, I guess just my own interpretation though I'm not I will be the first to admit that I am not the the best when it comes to interpretations about gender and whatnot. So if anyone Neither wants to comment in yeah. on that, I, I, I can. But my comment was that right now, um, you know, he's still feeling that, you know, gay is bad and that there are things that women can do, like, you know, make out with guys, that he still feels, you know, he can't, can't quote unquote, mm-hmm. do that because he's gay and that's wrong and that's, you know, that kind of thing. And and I always took it as that. Or also, and, you know, there's like, also like wearing a skirt to prom. Yeah. You know, girls can do that, but apparently it's bad for guys to do that. Mm-hmm. In that kind of respect, that's kind of where I saw the line. Yeah, in, in... I get it. I think I, I understand what they were trying to do. Completely understand what they were trying to do, getting the guys to sing this song and everything. I just think it worked so much better later on when Unique sang If I Were a Boy. Yeah. Somehow it just works. Oh. I mean, for one thing, it sounded better. But <laughs> it just, I, I think that it's sort of-ish, the same idea-ish that they were trying to get at. And um, not exactly, but um, I feel like they did it better later on. This yeah. one was sort of like, all right, we're going to sing a song about being a girl do any of them actually well, change after they sang that song? No, no. not really. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting that Kurt is there. And first of all, you can't hear his voice um, after he says that line. Mm-hmm. Um, and But also, like, this is supposed to be the, um, this is uh, Will teaching the boys that they have to be better about girls because girls, you know, they have it rough or whatever. And well, they deserve their respect because they're disrespectful. Right. And Kurt is not yeah. disrespectful of the girls. No, so it's interesting that he's here at all other than to, you know, say his one line and give his little speech at the end about, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, as an honorary girl, you know. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just, it's an interesting and it's there. And um, I don't know. I know that there are better people to talk about it than me. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, yeah, the other thing that I, I find kind of interesting, and it comes up more so in, in other episodes than this one, but how many references, I mean, yes, he's an effeminate gay man, and that has its own connotations, but they always make, like, commentary about Kurt, like, having toothpick arms or pear-shaped hips or what, you know, know. more fe- features, and I'm like, to, to I mean, I guess, in season one a little bit. I mean, the beginning, he looked a little more androgynous. I don't know if I completely buy it mm-hmm. later on. But. No, I mean, he's, uh, to me, he is, yes, I mean, you can look at him and, and clearly think that he, that that man is probably gay. Um, yeah. However, he to me, he's distinctly male. He's complete, there's mm-hmm. nothing like, other. you know, other, I guess you could argue that he has a, a higher than typical voice for a man, but whatever. Um, but I always thought, I mean, this doesn't just extend to Kurt. I always thought the actors on Glee had to have a really strong <laughs> sense of themselves because, True. yeah, I mean, Shrouty Mouth and oh, Keebler Elves in Your Hair and, you know, like, and nobody was spared being no. made fun of for their and physical appearance. Sandbags, you know, like. There's some pretty, yeah, Rachel got it badly with her nose. Troll. Troll. Yeah. Like, I mean, I always thought that the writers, sometimes I was like, oh, 
Like, I remember Cord saying that. He's like, I don't know, one day they wrote a song about it, and then it stuck. And I was always like, oh, I just want to pet you on the head, poor Cord. So, I mean, Kurt Kurt does, you know, Kurt gets a lot of it, but I thought nobody was really really safe from being called out for their physical appearance. Maybe Mike Chang. I I don't remember them saying anything about Mike Chang. Chang. That's what I mean. Everybody loves Mike Chang. And Blaine. Blaine always got away with a... They always said nice stuff about him. Oh, I know. There was um, some ongoing jokes, but... I'll give it a shout out to Lima Heights Adjacent's podcast. My one of my favorite little things was how they used to credit um, Darren's ass as a, a, a new person in season four. It was a new <laughs> person. Well, something good had to come out of season four, so it might as well have been Darren's ass. <laughs> <laughs> that always tries me. Toward objectifying, objectifying yeah. court over street moment. Um, which yes, I I'm I miss him. I gotta say, I miss that body. <laughs> It'll be, it'll be fun to get into season two. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, and then we end with Like a Prayer, which I have to say like is one prayer. of my favorites. I think they look great. It's I, know, I love all of their outfits. I love it. I'm bitter that they cut out Jesse's part on the on the show. Um, I want Mercedes' sweater, her red sweater. Yep, she looks great. It's so gorgeous. Um, that song suited her so well for so many reasons. Um but again, I, I thought it was interesting with Kurt. I mean, this is this is nothing. I think he was just going along with the, the lyrics of the of the song when, you know, he but he's doing prayer hands. I know. And, you know, he's and I thought, well, that's interesting, considering, you know, 10 episodes from now, we are we are not praying. <laughs> so I don't think it meant anything other than that, you know, he was no, doing a lot choreography. of the song and the choreography and stuff. But uh that made me giggle a little bit that he is standing on stage doing prayer hands and, and pretending to be angelic. Um, I oh, love that he gives her a little kiss on the cheek before she starts singing. I think that's adorable. Well, and it's very sweet. Um, just because Kurt is is not usually a touchy-feely type person. So mm-hmm. that the fact that he, he goes and does that, just it, I think that it says a lot about their friendship. That, you know, he cares about her so much. that Yeah. Well, and boy, how do you, I mean, when you think about what he sounded like on um, on Four Minutes compared to what he sounds like in, um, I mean, he is screaming high on that, uh, on on Like a Prayer. Like, that, that yep. is some high stuff that he's singing there. So that shows his range, for sure. Oh, I know. And he, and it sounds nice, too. I mean, it's not like he's No, it sounds like, great. No, it's not shrieking really bad full set up or anything. Yeah, no. <laughs> And um, no, it sounds it sounds good. It was nice that he got a line there. Um, I, yeah, it's interesting because usually Kurt gets lines and they mean something, but I can't necessarily. And I, for the life of me, I'm blinking on what the line even is. But it doesn't really as much tie in with his his uh, story. Uh, his I have no voice. I feel oh, there's something wrong. Maybe I, I could remember. be forgetting it. Yeah, but um, I didn't watch like a prayer before I, I started. Oops. They um. I think this one was just fun. I don't think there was any. Yeah. I mean, uh, is that Mercedes's choir? Did they just pick a choir? Up? Yeah, I like Who to think so. <laughs> Mercedes always has their choir back. I think that's her choir. Um, but yeah, they sounded great, and you know, sort of the first induction into into the mess that will become what Jesse James becomes in in, uh, in New Direction. Um, oh yeah. And- but it leads us to Bohemian Rhapsody, which I <laughs> rant, rave about forever. Oh, 
That is a, 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 a amazing. Um, well, yeah, I guess I'll go way into that when I get to Journey. Yes. But, wow, one of the best choreographed things they ever did. It, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I would like but, to. I, I think they should have. I think Kurt should have joined Vocal Adrenaline for a while as well. I would have liked to see him uh, dance. <laughs> Yeah, that way too. But um, no, overall, it's a pretty fun Kurt episode. There's no angst other than no, him being I, pissed off that uh, you know he doesn't get the solos. But there's no, there's no bullying. There's no angst. There's no, you know, that nothing. His his life is seems kind of okay. Um, he's happy in this. He episode. is happy in this episode. He gets to make over Sue of all people. Exactly. Sue, I don't believe is is particularly mean to him at all. You know, like it's no. just uh, it was sort of a nice, like you say, sort of the tip of the tip of the mountain before he starts mm-hmm. start because yeah, tumbling, tumbling comes down. after this, right? Because that's what, and he develops well, or not develops, but that's when they explore the the Finn Finn the Finn crush. I believe right. I haven't watched the back nine for a long time, but yeah, the Finn crush, and then along comes Karofsky. So yeah. 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 Yep. So enjoy enjoy your happiness now, Kurt, as we wrap up Madonna Week. Exactly. Enjoy it, my darling. Enjoy it, it's not going to be... No, it's going to get really rough for you for a while, right. honey. <laughs> until, until you walk down a staircase and everything turns out moderately okay for a while. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's um, all we've got for this podcast. Thank you so much for uh, joining me on this one. Love it. Sometimes I think what I need is a you and a venture. Cause I'm a freak.